Welcome everyone to the American Carper podcast, where we discuss all things carp related in the USA. Featuring anglers interviews, stories and monthly competitions with traditional US and Euro anglers, fly anglers and anyone who has a passion for this incredible fish, the carp, Cyprinus carpio. Much maligned and misunderstood and undoubtedly one of the finest sport fish to be targeted here in the USA. This is where we, the guilty ones, can meet. My name is Sean Manning of the American Carp Society and I'm grateful to be your host. Welcome everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so already, please share with your friends on your social media. The more the word gets out, the more we can do for this great fish here in the USA. Now today we have a real special guest on our show. Uh, We have our first female carp angler, Melissa Marie Sayer, an American Carp Society member, friend of the show, who's just moved from sunny California to Washington State. So welcome Melissa, glad you could join us. Hello. (laughs) Glad you could join us. First off, congratulations on your recent move. I know you guys are uh, uh, just kind of finding your feet up there in Washington. When did you when did you make the um, when did you make the decision to move? Um, well, I had made the decision to move um, about a year ago, but it obviously it takes some time. It's a, a big move. I have a 12 year old son. Yeah, I was at the peak of my career in healthcare. Um, but we, we actually moved in April, which unfortunately was at the, Oh, right in like, the middle of it all. COVID yeah. started. Yeah. It was right when everything shut down. Um, so the positives, there was no traffic. The <laughs> gas was pretty cheap. <laughs> cheap. Yeah. <laughs> The, the downside was restrooms were scarce, which as for the boys, it was easy, but myself, it was challenging. Yeah. Um, and then also, unfortunately, fishing was shut down for about two months in Washington, um, and they actually weren't even issuing non-resident permits. Oh, wow. And the regulations up here are pretty rigorous to even get your license. You have to live here for so long and prove your residency, so crazy it's yeah it's it's been a challenge but great but you're settled in now um yes we are settled in uh we've met a lot of great anglers up here in the pacific northwest some of which were new to carp angling others um had never experienced it before um and we've had a lot of positive feedback and we're actually working on building a pretty strong team up here, which is, I mean, it's, we're pioneers up here for carp. Yeah. It's, be- it's beautiful up there. Are, th- are there a lot of carp up there? Or? No. Uh, yeah, there actually are a lot of carp. However, not a lot of carp anglers. Right. So there's a lot of untouched uh, Opportunity. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And how long have you been, um, before we sort of, you know, get into things, how long have you been fishing for and how long specifically have you been targeting carp for, Melissa? Oh, well, um, fishing is in my family. My great-grandparents were commercial fishermen. They fished for salmon and crab all along the West Coast. Um, my my great-grandparents and grandparents kind of instilled that on me. Right. Uh, for a sport, I would say um, strongly for the last decade, um, but I primarily started on, like, sport boats out in saltwater. Okay. And then you progressed, obviously, to uh, to some freshwater. And and how did you get, how did you get involved with carp specifically here in the U.S.? 
Um, so I've been carp fishing for the last year and a half. Um, it was introduced to me through um, Richard. We were friends and um, he knew how much I enjoyed tuna fishing. So he was like, hey, come try this out. Right. Uh, and then shortly after we became an item, which has been great. So he's extremely passionate about carp fishing and carp care and um he's a really great guy and so it instilled in me that passion that just kind of has transpired to where we're at today so yeah and how did it um how did it translate for you off obviously from doing a lot of saltwater fishing um a little bit different you know in the inland seas and stuff like that but uh, they're they're really powerful fish still not that not like a tuna but but they, but they do go don't they <laughs> well if you have light tackle then <laughs> there, there you go yeah yeah um obviously it's a lot different than tuna fishing not only in like the fight and the environment that you're in but also as a saltwater angler I traditionally was like, you know, bloody decks. Yeah, I get the gaff. Right. Um, <laughs> that was how, that was what I was used to. And transitioning into carp care yeah. and the catch and release for me was, um, was kind of like a turning point in my life right. where ironically I was going through some life changes and um, being able to connect with the fish and nature and actually taking all these steps as far as like getting a pad to put a fish on was like it blew my mind right. <laughs> like you guys do what and yeah. I and then I brought my son out and just seeing how you know he's a typical boy where you know he likes to squish bugs and dissect things and to watch him actually care for the carp and go in the water and release it and and he's super competitive and and loves carp fishing with me now i think that's kind of what drew me into um, that's great it's a great thing for you guys to to all bond over as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's 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 very cool now do you do you fish for um many other uh freshwater species or is it primarily carp now um primarily carp uh but since we've moved up to washington and the carp are mainly found on the east side which is usually like a five-hour drive so we have to make a weekend out of it right um we did a lot of crab fishing over the summer i never thought i would be sitting there eating crab saying i'm sick of crab <laughs> <laughs> uh, we tried salmon fishing which is relatively difficult um because of the regulations you have to use barbless hooks and there are certain areas that are closed versus others. And right. you need a, you need a lawyer basically to fish <laughs> in Washington. So, um, <laughs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> the only plus is you don't need a license to fish for carp in Washington. So that's a plus for anyone that wants to travel yeah. and fish for carp and not have to purchase that, um, expensive non-resident permit. <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful countryside up there. I've, I've spent some time up there and it's, uh, it's absolutely stunning environment uh, as well. So I'm sure once you guys really get it figured out up there, you'll have some, um, you'll have some wonderful lakes, you know, up there to fish. Have you ever tried float fishing for them or fly fishing for them? Or is it just primarily Euro style that you've been introduced to? Um, primarily Euro style. I've, I have researched float fishing. I'm kind of intimidated by like the 
method how your leader is like 20 feet behind you and I'm only like five foot two so um (laughs) uh, that's not something I've tried but there are some lakes up here that I think we would definitely benefit from like Lake Washington there's a lot of um, debris and logs all over and uh, we've lost a lot of fish there and I, I think that the float fishing would be great Fly fishing, um, I have done for trout in rivers and streams, um, not for carp yet. And I think it's great that the American Carp Society um, has began kind of promoting flying for carp fish and having the line for them, um, I think is is awesome because that would probably be a really tough fight. I, I caught a little tiny baby trout on the fly with like a five weight rod and it was still a good bite. So I can only imagine. Um, And we found a few places that have an abundance of small carp. So we plan to go back with our fly rods and try it out. They're a lot of fun, the little ones. And you could, you could try for them um, on a, uh, on a float as well. If there's a lot of small ones in there. It's a, ton, mm-hmm. it's a ton of fun. Well, the reason why we started the um, the fly fishing membership was because of all of the fly anglers in the USA, um, especially over the last four to five years, that have really been pursuing the fish. And they've done so much for the fish as well uh, in regards to the, the public profile through their Instagram accounts. Wayne and I were seeing a ton of great fly anglers that were catching these beautiful carp, and they were they were really capturing them well and presenting them well, um, which really inspired us and stuff. So we, we figured as the American Carp Society, we needed to not only embrace, but, um, pr- you know, provide a community for for, for the fly anglers as well, as, as best we can. And to try to bring everybody together as well, because we all have the same interest, mm-hmm. which is, you know, which is this this one fish. Now, I know when you guys, um, when you were in Southern California, because that's originally where the American Carp Society started. Wayne and I were both in Southern California at one point. There's quite a community down there. It must have been hard, I would imagine, to leave all those, you know, those guys down there that you had, had fished with. Um, yeah, it was a it was a very difficult decision for both of us to make. Um, we have a wonderful group of friends that have helped support us. And um, however, we've made a lot of great new friends. And I think that the positive way to look at everything is that we're helping expand the knowledge and spread our passion to others. And if we can be those pioneers for Washington to be, you know, what you guys did for Southern California, because it's huge now. I mean, a decade ago, it was nothing like it is today. Yeah. And, you know, you come up here to Washington and there's so many opportunities and, and carp are very hardy fish. They live in extreme temperatures. So, you know, and if they're catching them in frozen lakes in the UK, I'm sure there's a lot of carp up here that nobody has even discovered that could be like record breaking. And, you know, if we can just expand that up here, I think that would be great. Yeah. How, how have people... Um the anglers that you've met up there that haven't fished for carp before, how has the reception kind of been to it? Have you, have you been able to introduce any new anglers to it up there? 
Um, the anglers that we've met so far were like new to carp angling. Um, you know, they had like the can of corn and right. the oak, the, the oats and pack bait. Yeah, yeah. And we've shown them the Euro style and the different forms of bait that we use. And they're, they used to catch like smaller fish, but now they're getting, you know, their PVs or they're catching more fish than they had before. Right. Um, and they're actually getting more people from their local lakes involved. And that's great. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's, it's that's exciting. Really good. We'll probably have to have to have you guys do a uh, when all of this, you know, situation that the the world is in right now. When this when this changes, hopefully, which will be next year. Um, we'll have to have you guys do a social event or something up there to introduce some new people to it because it's it's great when when uh, you can bring new anglers together. Um, you can bring anglers together and introduce them to the fish, uh, and then they can they can see the camaraderie that's involved in the community. Um, you know that we have, and and it's great to be able to introduce new people and see them go through that change. You know, and they go through the change of not understanding the fish, not understanding carp and then fishing for them. And then, and then going from being curious to being, you know, all in type of thing. It's wonderful to, uh, it's wonderful for you guys to see. Have you met any other, um, female anglers up there? You guys. Um, so Brianne and Garrett Kearney, um, Garrett's in the military and, um, they actually were transferred over here to Whidbey Island. So I have Brianne. She's a newer um, carp angler, but she's a very well-rounded angler in right. general. So we've actually, she just had a baby. So she's still, you know, transitioning. But we um, we went gra- grass carp fishing recently. Right. And, and we have a lot of plans for the summer to uh, learn some more skills and help each other out. But as far as that, they are few and far between. I yeah, had yeah. two yeah, others I, in California, and that was about it. <laughs> right. Well, that we're we're definitely seeing an increase. Um, in fact, in the latest American uh, Carpa publication that we just released, we did a wonderful interview with Kayla Lockhart. Um, her husband Casey did an interview with us a couple of years ago. Uh, she's a fanatical fly angler, incredible fly angler for all different types of species. She really loves the, she really loves the fish. But we are seeing, we're seeing more um, female anglers getting involved, which is great. It's great for the sport, great for the fish. Um, and I think any, you know, any angler once they, uh, once they see the attributes and the benefits of, of carp because they are they are everywhere um, out here. It's uh, it's wonderful sport for them to, uh, you know. For them to get in, involved with, what would you say your your favorite aspect is of of fishing for carp? Because it's not always about catching the biggest fish. I mean, you mentioned earlier on you had it gives you the opportunity to you know spend time with your son. So, what is it about it for you uh, specifically? Um, well, on a personal level, I've experienced some you know, unfortunate circumstances and I had a high stress job. I worked in oncology right. and, um, first and foremost, aside from spending time with my family, it's very relaxing. I find and exciting at the same time. Mm. Um, whereas like fast fishing, you're constantly moving around trying to find the fish. I enjoy, um, setting up my rods and a nice little picnic area and 
enjoying nature and like the quiet, <laughs> no yeah. phones ringing or, yeah. um, and then also, um, I really enjoyed the social aspect and meeting new people. We all have the common goal in protecting the species and, and sharing, um, and kind of breaking down that, um, little barrier between non-carp anglers and, yeah. and, and kind of bringing them in. My whole thing is like, you can't convince somebody that already feels a certain way, but if you show them, then maybe they might see how much fun it is and well, how uh, rewarding uh, it could be. And that has proven to be the case time and time again um, with different anglers that, you know, that have a certain perception and then they actually, best thing to do is give them a, give them a rod when you've got to run and then, and then, and <laughs> right. then they shut up and everything kind of changes. Everything yeah. changes. I mean, we're all, we're all human and we're all naturally biased. And, you know, um, I think that just experiencing things for yourself will help you realize that there are, you know, more, yeah. there's more than one way to go about. And you mentioned your son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to hear the difference from, and, and how old is he? How old is your son? He's 12. He's 12. So was I'm presuming he was fishing for, he's been fish, you know, he's fished for bass before he started to fish for carp. Would that be correct? Uh, he was fishing for tuna at five and gotcha. six years old. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Tuna as big as him. So. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the, the question would be then for, for a young 12 year old lad who's, who's doing this, does he want to go out to fish for bass now or does he want to go carp fishing? He, he actually likes both. Um, if it's pretty slow, we usually have a little bass rod with something on there and he'll, you know, cause he just sitting there waiting. Right. Um, that's <laughs> where the, uh, that's, that attention span. <laughs> that's actually where the float fishing would come in. Cause I remember, I remember my trip up to Washington. It was a beautiful, um, lake up there. If you have a, any lake that you fish, Melissa up there, um, that doesn't immediately drop off into, you know, 15 or 20 feet. If you've got, you know, four, five, six, seven feet of water in front of you and you don't have a high wind, um, a couple of handfuls of bread and a couple of handfuls of sweet corn and a float rod would would have him really engaged because you're watching the float all the time. There's stuff going on right. all the time. You're feeding the swim a little. Um, you, you're building the swim up. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot more active. Um, it's a lot more active and you'll be surprised, you know, what, uh, the, what, what size fish you can bring in literally six feet from, you know, six feet from the shore. So that might be worth something to think about for the, um, for the youngsters. Now you mentioned that, um, you mentioned that you had a, a couple of, uh, friends in California that were female anglers, and there's quite a contingent of anglers overseas as well. So you're you're and you're a part of a, an overseas group as well, aren't you? Um, I am. So I am part of Carp Girls, which is a female carp angling team um, that is all over the world. So right. there's teams in U.S., different countries. Yeah. Um, and so that has been great because, um, and. Uh, Actually, there's the team and then there's also their community. So any female anglers that just want to share their photos, they don't really have to commit to, um, you know, any specific rules or, or regulations to be on the team. Um, right. So that's great. And uh, so I think that that's helped kind of uh, connect the female anglers across yeah. the, world, the globe. Yeah. Um, and we've 
you know, being females, our struggles aren't just uh, catching fish. So we can connect in other ways and help support one another. Um, so that's been really rewarding. Um, our team is fairly small in the U.S. It is a newer group, but right. I do hope to one day go over to um, another country and, and meet one of my fellow teammates and experience how they fish because it's it's actually completely different. We have this discussion often, um, you know, our I guess our tactics versus how a lot of the female anglers fish over there. So that's also exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you, and I would imagine you can create some um, some wonderful relationships um, now with technology being what it is and the world becoming increasingly smaller each day, obviously, as well. Um, you'll be able to create relationships and, uh, you know, share, as you said, uh, sh- share approaches and that type of thing with each other as well. And it's funny, you know, because, you, you know, you mentioned about um, approaches being different. They can be in different countries um they really can be but uh, and a lot of it is based upon the you know how pressured the fish are that you're fishing uh that you're fishing for i would imagine if you're having conversations with people over in europe and you give them the kind of idea of the size of the venues that you fish here the size of the lakes that you can fish here and the lack of anglers fishing there it's definitely something that they probably would you know they're more than likely not used to um, yeah, I, I was actually quite surprised. Um, and I, I have a friend, Chaz um, McNeil. He he works over in the U.S. sometimes um, and we'll fish with him. And he would tell us how lucky we are to have like a huge lake and you're not elbow to elbow with other anglers. You don't yeah. have to pay a huge fee and you don't have to fish for three to five days to get a bite. And That's I was right. really shocked yeah. because... I was like, really? Like, we have it that good here? <laughs> yeah, we do. Believe me, we 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 really do. And there's so many untapped. Um, there's so many untapped waters. And like you said, up in Washington, you've got a, a smaller contingent anyway of carp anglers up there than you do have in other states. So you guys really do have an opportunity to pioneer up there, and um, you know, really uh, do some research on some of those in, incredible waters. Are there any venues in the USA that you'd like to visit? Because I know you, you know, you guys have done a little bit of traveling. Are there any specific venues that you'd like to visit and fish that you haven't done so yet? Um, we have stopped and looked at the Columbia River several mm-hmm. times. Um, there's a few anglers that I follow on social media. Uh, that fish there and I think it would be really exciting with the heavy currents um Blackfoot is a dream I think for every carp angler especially one that hasn't caught a mirror yet if you haven't um that's one place to go yeah uh I'd love to travel up to Canada I heard the Fraser River has some pretty big carp there Mm. which I think is only two hours from here so that we can't obviously with uh, what's going on cross the border right now but (laughs) well that would hopefully that will be changing this next year and you know yeah i think the uk the uk would be the top of my list i know that's not in the usa but (laughs) i would love to you know spend a couple of weeks over there at like a pay lake and or even participate in a tournament or well, I think the C1. one thing that the one thing that you would definitely find if you go over there 
and obviously that's where from I'm from originally. The one thing that I always find when I go over there, I really like it. And then I'm really, really grateful to come back here to, you know, to the type of fishing we have here in the U.S. It really makes you, uh, you know, it makes you appreciate it. But um, traveling and, and being able to visit different waters, that type of thing, um, it does it also helps with your experience and, uh, you know, expanding your knowledge base and that, that type of deal. So what is the, what do you think that from all of the waters that you've fished, are there any specifically that you found you know, is there a, a venue that's been harder for you to uh, to fish than than any others? Like, did you find it any different from Southern California to Washington when you first got there? Um, well, the terrain in Washington is difficult. Yeah, they have a lot of lakes, but yeah. a lot of them are surrounded by houses and or shrubs, and so they have limited shore access. Right. Um, so that's challenging because they may have trails around the lake, but you're not allowed to cut out a little bank spot um, mm. versus where SoCal, there's a lot more shore access. Um, and so that's challenging because you can't really move with the fish. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. And are you um, more of a pleasure angler? Have you fished any tournaments, that type of thing? or? Um, I did participate in uh, – an American Carp Society uh, pudding stone in 2019, and then also Paris. I think it was in 19 right. or 20, maybe the end of 19. Um, but that's about it. Uh, other than that, it's just been um, working on my skill personally. <laughs> yeah, and those are and those are more um, for what we do. Those are more let's say social get together tournaments there's i mean there are tournaments you know that they're they're um you know there's a there's a a a, obviously an entrance fee there's prize money and that type of thing um and it's a very different it's a very different approach um to fishing you know when you when you're approaching a lake on your own you can choose to find the fish whereas opposed in a tournament you're you're told where you pretty much where you're going to fish and then you have to figure it from there so i'd wondered if you'd if you'd seen um you know any any difference in that and, and what do you think has changed now uh, you know a couple of years on melissa from when you first started fishing for carp to to how you approach them now what what do you think has changed for you and and why um i i would say i have a lot more respect and um pay more attention to how I care for the carp. Um, you know, I, when I first heard about carp, it was about, you know, catching them, turning them in and getting a free camping spot. So that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas today, um, I'm trying to do everything that I can to just strike up even a casual conversation with a complete stranger and, um, let them know about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and, yeah. and why I feel that way. Um, and trying to invite more and more people to uh, see what it's all about. So, yeah. yeah. And, and how do you feel? Um, obviously in the last few years, there's been a, a, a huge uptick uh, because of social media in the exposure of the fish, which has been great. Um, you know, from our perspective, how do you feel social media 
has been used to promote the sport. How do you feel? Do you feel that it's helped at all? Do you think there are any negatives to it or? Um, I think that there is a lot of positive aspects uh, to social media. Uh, from what I hear, traditionally there was like a blog and sometimes you had to wait days before you heard back from anybody. Mm. <laughs> Whereas now with social media um, and it's, you know, instant information, um, I think it's a strong tool to help influence others, um, to see your point of view. It's definitely helped me learn a lot about carp fishing and, and how I could improve my own skills. Yeah. Um, it's great for networking and making new friends. Um, there are some negative aspects to it. Um, the anti-carp groups, you know, they're able to grow just as fast as us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the other note, I think that it can always be pretty easy to misinterpret someone's tone. You know, things can be taken out of context. Um, yeah, there's, no, there's nothing that, worse than, than trying to <laughs> have a conversation with a typed word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that if everyone could just be more, have like a positive mindset when they're reading everything even if what you're reading is honest or obviously a negative point of view if you try to look at it in a positive way and see where they're trying to come from mm. um you know or if you blatantly disagree with them you should still use it as like an opportunity to teach them if not others because when i see arguments going on on social media oh, yeah. they both yeah. they both don't look great no it's, it's, if, it's a waste if the of time. one yeah if the one guy's being you know friendly and and polite i'm probably i'm gonna side with him and i'm gonna take his advice and look into it myself because yeah. I, I i don't think you should really take what one person says and that's that you should always try to educate yourself and do as much research as you can yeah and there are there are it, it definitely i think the i think the um the pictorial aspect of it with with how now you can portray the capture and the beauty in the species um if it's done correctly through through the lens and the written word as well goes an awful long way to help uh help promote the species and to help changed you know the old perception i was having a conversation with somebody about it the other day it's really a generational thing that the um you know your son is has, has been will be raised has been raised in a way that he will obviously you know he'll respect the fish and um and i think social media has done an awful lot to um to help pr promote the positives of it uh, we've seen a, a lot of of anglers really up in their photography game over the last couple of years, specifically because social media is available and it is there, um, the, the better you can present uh, the species and the, the more of a positive light that you can, and then the better argument you can have with somebody, you know, that has maybe a disparaging comment or something about about the species. So that can only that can only help, you know, help to bolster that. So... I think there's a, uh, I think there's a lot you guys can do. Obviously, up in um, up in Washington, where you are, what what's it going to be like for the winters up there? Because you've been used to Southern California winters, which, let's face it, is you know sixty eight degrees as opposed to seventy. So, <laughs> so what are your winters are going? What are they going to look like for you guys up there? 
Um, well, luckily, we live uh, in a, on an island called Whidbey Island, and our little town is a more of a temperate climate, so right. we have the ocean all around us. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and we're kind of in a rain shadow. Uh, so as far as I've been told, it doesn't rain or snow any more than it would down in Southern California at their higher altitude right. uh, locations like Julian and whatnot. Um, but Big Carp Tackle is grateful for Richard and his surplus of beanies and winter coats and <laughs> <laughs> thermals that he's ordered. Um, we have a great bivy, so... Uh, we don't really mind the rain. The cold can be challenging, but yeah. you just you dress like an onion, lots of layers. And <laughs> well, the other thing too is you're gonna you're gonna experience some seasons up there. Yes, you're gonna experience yeah. seasons up there. Um, and and it is it is a big change. It's the same thing happened to me when I moved to to Texas. And and uh, one thing that it does help with is it helps with the uh, the passage of time because you have seasons to actually market. Sounds kind of crazy, but you'll understand what I'm talking about if you lived in Southern California for a while, is the, the uh, you know, because the temperate is there, it's so wonderful all the time. Um, with the with the seasons that you have up in Washington, um, and you'll have different, uh, you'll have different, um, the fish will behave differently during the winter as well. You'll have, they'll really start to feed up before the winter time and then really go on the feed in the springtime as well so hoping you guys will have a really successful uh really successful carp angling 2021 is there a couple of questions before we wrap up what was it about the american carp society originally why was it something that you wanted to join melissa um i think that just my i, I was drawn to like the camaraderie mm -hmm. and um Everyone was so helpful and eager and uh, to show me, you know, what they do and let me borrow um, gear, whatever it took. And um, I would definitely say that was my number one reason for joining. And then also um, just because of how like passionate they, you guys are about protecting the species and um, you're open to anybody that wants to join and at any capacity of, you know, um, however much they want to be involved, I guess, in the team was, um, I think it's great what you guys do. So. That's great. Yeah. So always great to hear, you know, when somebody first comes in on the reasons why they wanted to be a part of what it is you know that we all do well that's about all we have time for today i'd like to thank our guest melissa marie sayer for all of her help and time with us if you have any questions for her, melissa what's the best way for people to get in contact with you um they can look for me on um, either facebook or instagram i have my accounts there uh, miss fish washington um or um, Melissa Marie Saya on Facebook and I appreciate everyone out there that's listening and if there's any Washington anglers out there that I haven't uh, met yet please feel free to reach out to me because uh, we'd love to get together and help promote the sport that is great make sure that yeah that you get in touch with melissa everybody thanks everyone for listening we'll be back here the same time same place two weeks from now 
So don't forget to join us. You can reach out to us here at the American Carp Society through Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Tag us with your captures with hashtag American Carp Society and hashtag join the guilty ones, and we will feature you on the feed. You can contact me directly with any questions, Sean at AmericanCarpSociety.com. Be lucky, everyone. <laughs>